0: In the middle of a sermon series entitled, "Living A Holy Lifestyle: Living a Holy Lifestyle," And, and we defined holiness as consistency. That's not all we said it, it was, but, but it definitely is consistent, right? How many of us are perfectly consistent? How many of us live perfectly consistent lives? Well, that's tough to do. As a matter of fact, some might say it's impossible. And when you live a perfectly consistent life, then you're, you're the Messiah, because that's what Jesus did. He lived a perfectly consistent life. But what does that mean for us? Listen, what Jesus did translates to us. I, I want you to grab that, and, and you're going to notice that I'm going to go over the same verses. Some of you have said, Man, Pastor, you just keep going over the same verses over and over and over. Well, I'll tell you why in just a minute. But first, turn in your Bibles with me, and I'm trying a brand new gadget, so ahead of time, I just want to thank Brother Ben Wilson. Ben, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you're going to do most of the heavy lifting on this message. See, last message, I tried to do it, and that's kind of like we do with God. The minute we get ahead of God is when we fall. You know, just this past week, I was reminded of how you're not supposed to get ahead of God. And we keep, you know, I keep preaching this message, and I keep telling myself, wow, Lord, what, a, what an awesome truth to know that I am free, to know that, that it's already done, to know that I'm the righteousness of Christ, to know that, that I am made perfect, and just like Christ was, so am I, and wow, and I start feeling Uh, confidence, you know, because the Bible talks a lot about confidence and you'll see the word confidence show up. So if you want to just highlight it right now, say, I need to look for the word confidence. You know, you start gaining confidence, but this is the thing you gain confidence so that you can remain in him. But sometimes that confidence becomes cockiness and cockiness is when you leave him and say, watch what I can do for you, Lord. And the minute you go, watch what I can do for you, you go boom, right on your face. And then you get up, and, and we're going to talk about some of that today. But read in your Bibles with me. The Bible says, do I have it up there? Yep, I got it up there. All right, so let me see if I can do it right. Oh, yes, there we go. For if by one man's offense, death reigned. Now, you've got to realize this. Death reigned means that there is, it, it rules over you. Death is the status quo, that's the default. Like our young people say today, don't be a default. Well, you are a default if you are not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, your default status is death. That means separation from God. Now watch this, but much more those who receive abundance of life, abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Now watch, he's not saying we'll reign in the afterlife, we'll reign in life. That means today and forevermore. We will reign because of what God did. So watch, through one man, that's Adam, death comes. But through another man, that's Jesus, life comes. Grace comes and you receive grace. Now this is something we need to understand. You work for death, you receive life. It seems like a small difference, but it makes all the difference. You work for death, meaning for the the wages of sin is death. See, a wage is paid for what you do, for what you work. You work, you receive a payment. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, and here the Bible says you have to receive that. And when you receive it, you are given a new position. Now we're going to go... Oh, let me see. I'm going to see if I can do this. Yes, I'm doing it. Way to go. Here we go. Now we're going to go to Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. Romans 8, 1 and 2, the Bible says very, very clearly, there is therefore now, not tomorrow, now, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. You say, why are you making so much of these little words? These little words tell us everything. Because that little word now doesn't mean tomorrow, doesn't mean later. You won't be condemned later, but right now you're kind of in the limbo. You're kind of halfway in, halfway out. No, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who, are, who do not walk according to the flesh. Now I'm going to highlight a couple more things. Walk. Walk is very important. We'll talk about that, but it doesn't start with walking. It starts with believing. You need to write that down. Walking is step two. Believing is step one. So stay with me on this. Let's keep going. We got to keep this thing going. Now let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 19, read as follows. And we have known... Now, this is interesting because John uses this concept throughout his epistle. John says, what we came to know in a personal way, we make known to you. This is how faith works. You have to have knowledge before you can have faith. Did you know that? If there is no revelation, there is no faith. That's like this. Can you think of a color that doesn't exist? What? Philosophically speaking, if if you don't know of something, how can you believe in something? See, there has to be revelation before there is faith. And so God makes himself known. That's why we love him only because he first loved us. John makes this throughout. This is the chapter where he says, we love God because he first loved us. Why? He loved us enough to say, this is who I am. And I want you to have a relationship with me. And it happens through faith. Without faith, there is no relationship with God. None. You have to believe him. But, but John says, this is what we came to know, what we share with you. We know it because we touched him. We saw it. We experienced the miracles. And when you Trust in this testimony. Why is the testimony so important? Because when you get to know the testimony, you have an opportunity to trust in what we saw, and then he will reveal himself even deeper to you. He will reveal himself even deeper to you. And so listen, listen to what he says. And we have known and believed. That's the key word, the love that God has for us. Now watch this. God reveals his love in that he gives you knowledge. You have the ability now to believe. And when you believe, you connect with this love and watch what this love does for you. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. It gives you boldness. Can I I tell you what boldness is? Boldness is confidence. I'm not going to spell it out because I'm going to write it all over the verse then. Confidence. Boldness is confidence. The Hebrew writer says that faith is what? Confidence. Depends what version you read. If you read the NIV, I think that's what the NIV uses, confidence. You're gonna see that the New Testament uses that word confidence all the time. John uses boldness. When you have boldness, you have confidence, not cockiness. Confidence is rooted in Christ. Cockiness is rooted in you. Uh oh. So you have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm saved, and it's already a done deal. Now I need you to understand something here. The Bible keeps talking like it's like it's trying to talk about two different things. It says it's not done, but it's done. It's not. You you got to walk it, but it's done. You got to walk it, but it's done. What is it saying? Can can I tell you there's a reality inside of a greater reality? What What do you mean by that? I mean you have space and time. That's one reality. This is real, but it's not the only real thing. It's inside of something far greater, and that's God's eternal existence. And so you have these two things that the Bible keeps saying. The Bible keeps saying, look, you've got to walk it out, but it's already done. Think about this with me for a second. This is what what the Bible keeps trying to tell us. I'm going to share with you the end. The end is when you believe in God, you will be forever saved and you don't have to worry about the judgment. Now, how will that confidence change the way you live? Oh, it makes all the difference. You know, I wish God had told me yesterday Hey, listen, when you watch this game, don't freak out. <laughs> you're you're going to win. It's going to turn out okay. It's going to be fine. Evil will not prevail. <laughs> you know, would it change the way you watch the game? That's what God's trying to tell you. I need you to change the way you live this life with confidence, not confidence. So so watch this, watch. There is no fear in love, but but back up, because as he is, so are we in this world. God keeps saying over and over and over, we are the righteousness of Christ. We have been made new, we are complete. It is finished, it's done, it's over. You are positioned in Christ. and on that, you can have confidence. So you say, okay, pastor, I, I just, this is, this is a big deal. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. Go with me now. I'm going to go back to the presenter. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians. Watch what 2 Corinthians says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? Yes. New creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, it all starts with faith. Faith makes all the difference. Now, some of you are thinking, pastor, this is like the fourth Sunday you've preached the same thing. You've even used some of the same verses. Someone told me nicely, they said, you know, it's funny because I don't have to take new notes because I keep, you keep using the same old verses and you kind of keep saying the same old thing. So there was a pastor once whose congregation challenged him to preach bolder, you know, vibrant messages. And he said, okay. So he went for it. He preached the best message he could find and, and, and prepare in his heart. And he let him have it. Man, they loved it. They clapped. They said, way to go, pastor. Awesome. Next Sunday comes around and preaches the exact same message. They're kind of looking like, oh, well, yeah, that's pretty good, pastor. Way to go. Third Sunday comes around, Gil, the exact same message. Now they're getting a little worried, like pastor's done gone senile. What's going on? He's not connecting. You know, something is missing. So fourth Sunday comes around the exact same message. Now they say, we got to talk to this guy. He has lost it. Pastor, hey, listen, we wanted you to be bold. We wanted you to be vibrant. We wanted you to let it, let it go. But but you've preached the exact same message four Sundays in a row. I, I think we think it's time you change it up a little bit. He said, okay, comes back fifth Sunday, the exact same message. Now they're angry. No, you know what? We gotta call them in. We're having a business meeting. Pastor, what's going on? He simply said this. When you start living, I'll start changing the message. I'm the pastor. Some of you, are, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, I'm on the wrong end of that little story there. I don't like how that feels. No, no, listen, La- I've preached this for three weeks in a row. The Holy Spirit won't let me go. This is the fourth Sunday. He just ke- I just keep using the same verses. I keep hammering the same principle. And last week, I made an invitation to come up to the front and pray. There were so many people praying that I had to be a prayer partner. As I became a prayer partner and received that prayer request, this is what I kept hearing. Pastor, I want, I want you to pray for me that I would, I would be able to do more of this. I want you to pray that I would stop doing this and that I would get serious about this and that I, would, that I would work, that I would do, that I would effort, work, effort. And I'm going, whoa, wait a minute, time out. That's not what we preached about. We preached that it starts with what? For by grace you have been saved through faith the just shall live by faith you come into salvation by faith you live by faith you will forever be held by the confession of faith you are the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus said this was revealed by my father in heaven and upon that confession I will build my church because it's about faith and by faith you have received everything that you need as Christ is so are you but I don't feel that way. Maybe it's because you haven't convinced yourself that what God has said is true and your confidence is in you because we have been raised to believe that what we do means that's who we are. I just said something very deep. You need to write that down. Your fleshly world condition Your default position as a human is that you will believe who you are is based on what you do, because that's what human nature is. I do this, that must be who I am. I I play soccer, so I'm a soccer player. I play the guitar, so I'm a guitarist. Do you see where I'm going with this? Stay with me on this, we're gonna keep reading. I'm talking about your position though in Christ. What do you mean your position? Your position is one of being saved. It's over, it's finished. You are the righteousness of Christ. But how can that be if if there's some difference? Listen, we're talking about two worlds. We're talking about the world that God, or or, you know, the, the reality that God exists in and he says it's done. Now you're in your reality saying, but I don't see it done, because you're still stuck in time and space, but which is greater? Which is greater? Now stay with me on this. See, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, puts it this way. For by grace you have been saved. It's a done deal. It's already done through faith. That not, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, not of works, not of works. Stop praying for more works. Start praying for more belief. Start thanking God that it's done. Lord, teach me to line up on what you keep insisting I am. Why are you trying to insist on God that this reality is more important? than? Okay, it's going to connect for you in a second. I know because, because, because this is what God gave me. And I'm not saying that you're not getting it. What I'm saying is I'm praying that, that, that you see it for all of its beauty. Because I think a lot of times we don't read the Bible this way. We keep translating through our own human filter. God is not human. His ways are not our ways. They are greater than ours. Now watch what Paul says to the the Ephesian church in chapter 3. Read with me in chapter 3. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Now, he calls this a mystery over and over. He uses the word mystery with the, with the uh, Ephesians. He uses the word mystery with the Philippians. He uses the word mystery with the Colossians. He uses the word mystery with the Galatians. Why? Yes, it's hard for us to get in our human, in our human state. But he is making the mystery known. Watch this which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ and to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made. Circle the word known because if it's known, then you have an opportunity to what? (laughs) Say it. Believe. That's what we said. Belief only happens when you have knowledge. So so this mystery is being made known. What is the mystery? The gospel of grace. See, before everybody thought they had to work for it. If I'm a good, watch, you're going to see it. I got it. I got to go more than I did with first service because you guys are going to be more blessed. Watch this. Don't tell them that according, let's just just drop down to verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. There's that word again, confidence through faith. You gain confidence when you put your faith in Christ. We're going to talk more about this confidence in a second. Keep going with me. Verse 14, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. So Paul is praying a big prayer here. I want you to connect with the mystery. I want you to believe it. And then I want you to be strengthened. What's the purpose of that strength? The strength comes after the knowledge and the faith and the connecting with his love. Watch this. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. So remember I told you that faith and love is the root. Obedience and work is the fruit. This is it right here. He's telling you that. But watch where the strength comes from. Faith is the root. Obedience is the fruit. But keep going in that passage with me. That you may be able to comprehend oh, with all the saints, what is the width, the length, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge? You go, wait a minute, I thought knowledge was the oh no no look. What he's saying is when you first come to Christ, you know this much, you believe. And as you believe, God begins to reveal even more of his love. And as he reveals more of his love, that's what Paul is saying, that God would be able to open up your eyes to see how long, how wide, how high, how deep his love is for you. And when you get that, that understanding, it's going to go beyond what you first grabbed when you first became a Christian. And that's, oh, come on now, that's called relationship. See, God is interested in you knowing how much he loves you so that you can stand firm and say, no, devil, you cannot tell me, you cannot run that game on me. You cannot tell me that God doesn't love me, that God has forgotten about me, that God has forsaken me. I am the apple of his eye. God loves me with an everlasting love. I have experienced it. I have seen it. I have known it. I have believed it, and I have walked in it. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, can you imagine the confidence that comes? The knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do. Now who's doing the doing? He is able to do what? Exceedingly and abundantly above whatever you could ask or think. According to the power that works in you. What's working in you? The power of the Holy Spirit. He just prayed for that. So who's doing the doing? God is. In Ephesians, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourself, not of works that no man should boast. But it is a gift of God. And you are God's what? Workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared. He prepared. So I have to walk in it. But, 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 Pastor, you have not gotten to the walking yet. All you keep hammering is the believing. It's because it's human nature to try to start with the walking and then believe. It doesn't work that way with God. You have to believe and then the walk. Stay with me on this. Stay with me. Watch what Philippians says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. Well, well there's the obey. There's the works. There's the do. No, stay with me. Not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. He just said, you said don't work for it. He's saying work for it. No, read it closely. He didn't say work for your salvation with fear and trembling. He says, you got it. It's a done deal. Your position in Christ is secure. And now that that you have that confidence, now you're ready to work it out, letting him do the working. But that's not what it says. We'll drop down to the verse 13 and you'll see exactly what he means by it. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you who's doing the working. God. So why do we keep insisting that we have to do the work? That that, that I got to do more of this and less of that and we keep putting it on that. And most of our prayers have to do with that. Because we don't understand the power of faith. See, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence. There's that word evidence. Circle it for me. Evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. How important is a testimony? Okay. We've finally gotten to the point where I can talk to you about identity. Identity identity is what it's all about. God is telling you who you are and the enemy wants to convince you that it's not true. That's what it's all about right there. Why is identity so important? Identity is so important. I'm gonna, should I go through Philippians? Y'all wanna hear Philippians? All right, let, let's, let's do the Philippians passage. I need a, y'all need to hurry with me. That means you got to give me looks like you're getting it because if I have to go too deep into this We're gonna be here all afternoon. So watch Philippians. Okay This is Philippians 3. We're starting at the beginning of the chapter He says further my brothers and sisters rejoice in the Lord It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again And it is a safeguard for you. So he's saying I write this all the time I I'm not the only one that repeats himself So does Paul he says it's no trouble for me to repeat myself And it's a safeguard for you. It's a good thing for you. Watch this. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. What does he mean? Those people that put the emphasis on what you do, that you can work your way into belief, that you can work your way into confidence, that you can work your way into uh, right standing with God. What does he call them? He calls them dogs. He's not happy with this. This is why. Watch this. Verse three, for it is we who are the circumcision, highlight the word circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, remember, not in ourselves, but our confidence is in Christ, and who put no confidence in the flesh. When you work for it, you're putting confidence in your strength. He says put no confidence in your own strength. I used to have confidence in my strength, this is what I used to have confidence in, though I myself have, Many reasons for such confidence. He's saying, when I used to be unsaved. If someone else thinks that he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. If I go back to my old way of thinking, I have more. Why? Because I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of the Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law a Pharisee. As for zeal, I persecuted the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, I was faultless. I checked all the boxes the law gave me, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, a dung heap, that I may gain Christ and be found in position. I'd rather have my position secured, not by what I do or what I bring to the table, but by what Christ did and what he proclaimed over me. That's what he's saying. I used to think that I could work my way there. And what he's he's doing is, if you allow me to brag a little bit, I was better than all of you, is what Paul said. And that is nothing compared to Christ. No, watch me, stay with me on this. Watch, watch this. Uh, And be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own. Of my own. That comes from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. He's saying that's the power of God. He's going to resurrect me. Okay, What? Well, stay with me. Not that I've already obtained all this. Two worlds happening, right? Now he's talking to us on earth. He's saying, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind. I strain towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize to, for which Christ excuse me, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now watch him go to a higher reality. In 15, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. He just said he hadn't attained it. Now he said it's done. He's saying, okay, I still gotta walk it out. But when I keep my faith on what Christ already did, then the Holy Spirit gives me the strength to walk it out. Do you see the difference? Do you see where the power comes from? Now, this is where I I gotta bring it home. I gotta bring it home. See, most of us, is in terms of being human, all of us, there's three different levels that we operate on in terms of setting our goals and being who, we're, who we are. We have results, we have behavior, and we have identity. Results, behavior, and identity. Results is the first level. But if you want to go to the Second level, then you got to start considering behavior. But the deepest level that brings about the lasting change is identity. Is identity. What do I mean by that? I mean that behavior that is incongruent with yourself, with who you see yourself to be, will not last. What do I mean by that? That means if you go back go go leave it on that one on that one screen would you results watch this guys results is about what we want that means it's doing okay watch this what you want if it doesn't line up with What you're doing, it won't last. And what you're doing will never last if it doesn't line up with who I am. See, this identity is about your state of being. I am is beingness. That's why God's name is I am, because he's perfectly consistent. And when you know who you are, then you can be consistent. As a matter of fact, you are being consistent with who you are. If you want to know why you do what you do, it's because you believe certain things about yourself. That's the truth. Psychology has figured this out a long time ago. Well, I don't believe in psychology. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. If it's true, it's true. No matter where you find it. Two plus two is still four in the church and outside the church. Why? Because God's truth is God's truth. And human nature is human nature, whether you find it in the church or outside of the church. What do I mean by that? See, it's hard to change your behavior if you never change what what you believe about who you are. Let me say a couple more things. It's one thing to say, I'm the top person who wants this. It's another thing to say, I'm the type of person who is this. What do we mean by that? Well, see, research has shown that once a person believes something to be true about their identity, it will change the way they live. But this is a double-edged sword. So if you believe something good about your identity, then you will live up to that. But if you believe something bad about your identity, you will live down to that. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. This is not Christianity. Stay with me for a second. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Your behaviors are a reflection of what you believe you are, or who you believe you are. You say, wait, 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 what, what? See, see, where do we get this, where do we get identity from? If identity is so important, then where do we get it from? We don't grow up believing things about ourselves. It's gathered along the way by experiences. It's gathered along the way by things that people tell us, things that we begin to think. That we, we, are, a, we're, we are a product of a life that we're living. Am I right? Well, there's three things that go into shaping your identity. The self, he'll put it up there in a second. Three things that go into shaping your identity. Whoops. Let's see if I can do it. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go, yeah, I got it. Okay, the self. Now watch this, the self has nothing when you're first born in a sense because you don't have any experiences, that's what I'm saying. So you live in this world, right? And as you experience this world, it starts to shape you. This is you. But guess what? This world is connected to the enemy, right? This world is connected to the enemy, so the enemy's gonna use this world to influence you. Not only will he use the world, but he himself You will experience him in the battlefield of your mind, and he will begin to speak things over you. Can you see why God says, you are not of this world? You are in this world, but you're not supposed to be of this world. For behold, I have overcome the world. Greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. If any man loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. For the world, do you not know, is passing away, and its lust and all of its things will pass away along with it. Be ye not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Whoa. See, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that in human behavior, in, 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 in terms of human behavior, we don't become soccer players just by kicking a soccer ball. We become soccer players by playing soccer, and as coaches speak over us, and as our parents speak over us, and as we experience success, then we enjoy it more and more and more, and then we consider ourselves to be soccer players. But how does this affect what you've been telling me about my identity in Christ? This is how it affects it. There's there's such a thing called a behavior loop, behavior loops in world terms, you have to experience and your experiences will drive your belief. Okay. So you start with the doing. Remember I told you to be human, you have to do before you can what? Believe. So, so if, if you go to, uh, hold on a second, presentation, believe. Is it up there? Yeah. stop doing it. Okay, so this is how you start. You start with the walk, the doing. This is the doing. The doing will influence what you believe, okay? So every time I do something, I'm voting for that. I kick the soccer ball, I make a vote, do I like it? I liked it, the crowd applauded because I was a little kid and I did something amazing and they applauded and it's being reinforcing. My doing is reinforcing my belief, can you see that? Now the more I believe, the more I do. And the more I do, then the more I believe. And it just keeps going and going and going. But notice where it started. It started with doing, and that's why some of us are still bringing that old mindset into the new creation. Uh-oh. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. So, so what should I do then? In God's reality, you got to believe. And God says certain things about you in this word. And when you believe them, then it will influence your walk. And that's called faith. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for we walk by faith, not by sight. The Bible says in Hebrews, this is the evidence. See, your belief is not seen but the evidence is seen. Watch this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of the things not seen. So this is what's happening in human terms. The more you do, the more you're providing evidence of who you are. But if who you are should drive what you're doing in Christ as a Christian, then you got to say, who am I? I am a new creation. What is a new creation mean? act like? What does a fully committed, in love, follower of Christ act like? Then the more I act like it, then the more evidence I have, the more evidence I have, the more confidence I have, meaning more belief, which keeps going and going and going. See, some of us have just a little bit of faith, but God said, if you're given a little, plant it right and I'll give you more. So what are you going to do with that little bit of faith? God will reveal more of himself if you take care of it right. Stop believing what the world says. You say, but I want to do, I want to do, I want to do. Start with believing. Let God do it through you. And as God does it through you and you gain that confidence because the evidence, the votes are coming in. You say, but pastor, that means I got to live perfectly. No, you do not have to live perfectly. The truth is in any election, you're going to have votes on both sides. You just have to win the election. What do I mean by that? That means every day I come up and I give it to God and I believe in him and I let him work through me. I'm going to stumble because that's the thing about a walk. You're going to stumble when you walk, but it's already done. It's already done. I just got to keep getting up and keep moving forward. So, so I said all of that to tell you this, what kind of doing am I talking about? I'm talking about faith doing. I'm going to put five things up here. Baptism. Baptism. No, stay with me on this. I'm going to read through this very, very quickly. I'm dropping down to Acts 2. With many of the words, he warned them. Who is this? Peter is preaching the gospel message. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized. And about 3,000 of them, what? believed that day. Now watch, they devoted themselves to the the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. You know what the breaking of bread is there? The breaking of bread is communion. That's number two, the Lord's Supper. So this is what I'm saying. When you believe and you believe God, then the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to be baptized. And that's the evidence that gives you the confidence. You say, but pastor, why is that important? All that matters is that I believe. There's a loop. And as long as we're in this world, we have to understand the believing walking loop. That you will never gain confidence if all it is is just talk. It will show up in the way that you live. But it starts here. God, give me the belief that I may what? Show in the way that I follow you. Listen to what the Bible says. Believe and be baptized. Go with me to the book of Mark chapter 16. Is that the next passage? Mark chapter 16. Later, Jesus appeared to the 11. As they were eating, he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. You say, do I need to be baptized to be saved? Put it this way, if you believe, you'll be baptized. So so I'm baptized to be saved? No, the believing comes first, not the doing. But when you believe, then you'll trust God in certain things. You'll trust him in baptism. But pastor, that's just getting wet. I don't understand how significant. You know how many times I dunked myself when I was a kid? That water is no different than the water at Canyon Lake or any other place I've been. No, what I'm telling you is this, that you're talking about a symbol of a covenant that God wants to make with you. And that covenant is supernatural in effect. Read with me keep going in colossians in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in wor- through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave you or forgave us of all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. Remember, he's talking about our position now again. He has taken it away, nailed it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them at the cross. Okay, what is he saying? He's saying a whole bunch of stuff. He started off with circumcision. What is that? Well, if you go to Galatians, in Galatians he says, before the coming of this faith, before the gospel of faith, the gospel of grace, right, and faith. Watch this. We were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we know we are no longer under the law, right? So in Christ Jesus, we are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have been, have clothed yourself with Christ. Now not that difficult. Watch this. He's talking about the old covenant in both passages. The old covenant was represented by what? Circumcision. Every child of Abraham, little boy, had to be circumcised. And God says, when I see the circumcision, I bless you. I bless your whole nation because that's a sign that you are in covenant with me. A covenant is not a contract. A covenant is a spiritual thing that lasts forever because God does not change. When you were in the desert and you used to be, my children used to have a covenant sign, but the new sign is what? He said it right there, baptism. The old is put to death, the new lives. Like Christ died and his sin stayed, all of your sins he carried with him and he left them in the grave and he conquered the grave and he lives again, so will you. And just the way with Abraham, watch, watch. If you are if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed just the way Abraham's children had had rightful claim to the promise Now you have rightful claim to the promise You are children of Abraham when you are circumcised in your heart in your flesh And this is what the Bible is saying you want to conquer the flesh? You wanna be able to live a life of holiness? Then believe me enough to be baptized. Believe me enough to partake of the Lord's Supper and to do it in a way not just because, but because you understand the deep, spiritual, supernatural thing that goes on when we are baptized. God for lays the flesh from our spirit and he makes us come alive in him and he begins to work in us and through us. Some of us have not conquered anything because we have not been baptized. Amen. Uh-oh. So this is where I finished. We'll put the list back up there. I'm going to preach on this whole list right now. No, I'm just kidding. Next week. Look, the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Day there are spiritual blessings waiting to be unlocked if you'd only believe do you know that that the first of the year is always marked by goals and but, but i want your goals to mean something i want you to know who you are in christ because if you if you affect the identity of a person everything else starts to fall in place and some folks are trying to break through in the natural when they need a breakthrough in the spiritual. Some folks are trying to receive healing by eating the best this world has to offer. Can I tell you this world is a fallen place and the plants are too? I'm not saying don't eat healthy, but what if you should start with communion, understanding that the very body of Christ and that supernatural work on the cross can heal you? Listen to me. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, when they partook of the, uh, of the Passover, the Bible says that God healed all of them. Now that was the Old Covenant. How much more powerful is the New Covenant when we partake of communion in faith? In faith. When we come to the Lord's day in faith. When we begin to give, what do you mean connect with generosity? The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Give God and God will take care of you. Oh man, this pastor, all he thinks about is tithing. It's not about tithing, it's about generosity. When you're generous, you connect with the heart of God and you begin to trust God. And it's not just with money, it's with time and talent. Serve. When you serve, God begins to move. So I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come forward. Ask our prayer partners to come forward. I'm gonna ask a very important question. Do you need to come to the Lord in pray prayer, prayer, faith? Sometimes we come and we say, Oh, Pastor, I gotta stop doing this. How many of you have prayed that prayer here recently? If only I could stop doing this. If only I could have more results. I need to lose 20 pounds. I need, to, I, I need to save so much. I need to get out of debt. We start trying to affect our behavior. Our behavior is what we need to be doing. Okay, the result is I need to lose 20 pounds, so I need to get on a diet. That's the behavior. But what if you need to start at a deeper level and start saying, what does a healthy, fit person act like? When you go up to the counter to order, what would a healthy, fit person order. When you go to find a parking space, where would a healthy fit person park? When you go to the stairs of the elevator, what would a healthy fit person do? What would a fully committed in love follower of Christ do? What would somebody who has been set free and never wants to go back, how would he live? How would she live? How does someone that has no shame, when the enemy says, ah, you'll never get free, no, no, I'm already free. And a person that's free doesn't listen to you, Joker. Get behind me, Satan. So I'm going to ask you to come pray a prayer of faith. Is there anyone here that wants to pray a prayer of faith with every head bowed and every eye closed and wants to just, just say, Lord, thank you for who I am. Thank you for insisting that I'm new. God, I'm going to start there. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to plant my faith in your love. And Lord, I'll let you do the working. I'll let you bring the fruit. I'll let you bring the change that needs to happen. Is there anyone here? It feels like, wow, I see hands going up right now. I'm going to ask you to come on up. Come pray with somebody right now. Come pray with somebody. Don't let anything stop you. Everybody has their eyes closed. I want you to come pray a prayer of faith. And this is what I'm going to ask men with men, women with women. Prayer partners, do not let them pray a prayer of what they need to do and the effort they need to put forth. It'll be a prayer of thanksgiving and faith right here, claiming what's already been done in Christ. Come on up, guys. I see hands going up still. Come on up. There's still prayer partners available. Come on up. Let's stand and sing. Faithful eyes In spite of what I see